me on this earth, I believe that we're all put here for a distinct reason. We all have a certain amount of gifts that we're given. And so at the time, it's not like, it's not the money. It's nothing to do with that because I believe that when you die, I ain't taking one cent with me. So it's the amount of people I can actually impact, how many lives can I actually change. I knew nothing about systems, nothing about procedures, building teams, building staff to obviously facilitate the growth and then plan for future growth. Those businesses crash pretty quickly. Over the past few years, my life has completely changed. I've built one of Australia's most successful e-commerce startups, Happy Skin Co., generating over 10 million per year in sales and disrupting a billion dollar industry in the process. I've now turned my passion for growth and personal development to bring you these honest and eye-opening conversations. This isn't just a business podcast. This is about the person underneath. This is about the journey. This is what it's really like. I'll be interviewing guests from all walks of life, each with their own unique perspectives and experiences, from the hardest day of their life to the biggest accomplishments and everything in between. My name is Dylan Mullen, and this is Life, Money and Love. All right, we've got Tremaine. Thanks for coming in, bro. We've, Pleasure, we were just bro. talking before we started recording. We've been talking. We both got into e-com yep. in 2018. So we've been in e-com about four, just over four years, both of us together. Yep. And it's the first time we've ever met. So That's... thanks for coming in. Nice to meet you, man. Pleasure, brother. What I want to talk to you about, bro, you've been on a big journey. Um, you, you had a really successful um, stint as a, a dropshipper. I know you did over $1.1 million in the space <laughs> of two months. So I want to talk yeah. about that success and how you found that. You've obviously transitioned now into running a sales agency, yeah. which we will unpack. But what I really want to start with talking about you with is, like myself, you're a kid from Western Sydney, <laughs> grew up, you know, didn't have a lot of money. It was kind of on you to change your own own life. So I want to talk about where life w- was mm-hmm. before you started e-com. Yeah. Um, I know you were working in, in a supplement store. Tell me yeah. about where you were in life before yeah. e-com and kind yeah. of how you first come across e-commerce and yeah. then that journey started for you. Sure. So I was at university, right? I was studying EP, like every single person. From What's EP? Uh, exercise physiology. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exercise science, exercise physiology, yeah, 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 like okay. every other person from Western Sydney, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Because the campus is in Campbelltown, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? So coming from an Indian background, that was like a non-negotiable. Like yeah, you uni. had to go to university. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing getting uni? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going to university, um, coming from an academic family, mm. everyone was like, this is the route. Yeah. Third year in, I shifted to business mm. for some Twisted reason. Because you're almost finished after three years, right? Correct. Four or five year degree? I'm talking like last year, bro. Last year, I shifted to um, marketing and applied finance, Mm -hmm. right? So I got into that. Then I asked my lecturer, true story, Simon, if he's watching this. (laughs) I'm like, hey, I'm like, so you're the professor for marketing. What sort of business have you run? Yeah. He's like, I don't run a business. I just lecture marketing. Yeah. So anyway, that literally the week after that, I dropped out. Yeah. I didn't tell my parents, obviously, because I'm Indian. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we literally just looking at different different ways to make money. I'm like, so the business is what I want to do now. I had no aspirations of business whatsoever. Yeah. Like growing up, it was always sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. Again, like every Indian, yeah. I want to cricket for Australia. Cricket <laughs> yeah, was yeah. The, the fucking, that was the thing. Yeah. Right. So then from there, got into business. Now, like back in 2015, yeah. it was very much so about like, Clothing brands yeah. back then. This is when like who was launching around then? Like who were some big brands that you aspired to in 2015? There was a brand based out of LA called Live Fit. Live Fit, okay. The guy who runs it is called Randall Pitch. Mm-hmm. So he was like the end on all be all for me. I'm like, this yeah. is the guy I want to do, and to be successful like him, got to run a clothing brand. Was Jim Shark kind of around this era as well? Nah, man. I think like, Jim Shark was there, but you didn't really. Hack no, it out. no. Yeah. So Jim Shark was very, very like gym orientated, right? Yeah, yeah. Where Live Fit was more like a lifestyle slash gym brand. Yeah. So got into that 
and then spent about like literally six months to a year just buying different samples from mm. Alibaba and yeah. different you know, suppliers. Finally got some stuff going, started a clothing business. This was in 2015, 2016. Yeah. Started selling that. Now, no ads, no website, nothing. I'm talking like because of the sales background mm. that I was in, literally from like my supplement industry or the, the shops I was working at, like I'll be serving a customer, maybe buying some whey protein. Yeah. Like, by the way, <laughs> yeah. how about this sweater for $100? Yeah. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and so that's how it started selling. And then from there, I'm like, well, how can I actually sell this? Yeah. Right? Because I'm like, I started watching movies like Get Rich or Die Trying. Yeah. Casino, all these like old gangster movies. And learning how the, the business of those guys worked. The hustle, yeah. the hustle right? Mm. So then I'm like, oh, I'm going to sell. Because I bought, when you're buying from that sort of like, you know, mm. Alibaba, you got to buy massive amounts of stock. Yeah. 300 per unit. For me, working in retail, I'm like, holy crap, that's a lot how of money. How much did you spend on, on that in stock? Thousands, bro. Yeah. Thousands, easily thousands. I spent so much money. Yeah. I would say wasted so much money on certain things I shouldn't have spent. Mm. I'm talking like trademarking and yeah. like, you need a lawyer as well. And I was like, oh, sure, you can a lawyer. Yeah. And investing in a lawyer, investing in like this this website, which was looking back now. I'm like, was it Shopify even back then? Or we it was WordPress. WordPress, the WordPress Bruh, days. It was bad. Like it was this random developer guy I was referred to in base yeah. in Queensland. He's like, hey, I'll do a website for you. And you can't change anything yourself back in those days. You no, need to pay someone 100%. for every little change you want to make to yourself. Exactly. No, a, a handful of sales came from, yeah. from that. So. How we'd actually start selling was I became friends working in the industry I was with a bunch of people in the area. Mm. So I'm talking like the Hillsong Church that was local, mm. all the different high schools. I became friends with like the cool kids of like yeah. the year 12s. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, hey, go and sell this stuff in your school and yeah. recruit more people and more people to sell this stuff in your school. So you weren't even going fully econ back then. It was like the old school. Just cash, yeah. bro. Straight piles of cash. Yeah, yeah. All right. And so therefore I would work on a Thursday in this particular store. Mm. And so all the top sales reps from each different like school would come to me with their envelopes of cash that they would accumulate from the other guys selling it, giving the cash to them. And so each person on a Thursday night would come up to me with like this envelope of cash that they accumulated for the week. And so my manager was like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like you got this little driver, yeah. honestly. <laughs> and they'd be walking and be like, here you go. <laughs> Here's the cash for the week. I'm like, thank you very much. Yeah. And then sort of, it started like that, which where I'm at right now, looking back at it, mm. I'm like, I was running a sales agency Before. back in, you know, I wasn't running a clothing business. Mm. Realistically, it was a sales agency back then. And then after that, that business died because there yeah. was no marketing. Yeah. And then I was like, well, shit, I've just quit university. I've got to do something. Mm. Ended up working at Cole's Warehouse yep. doing pickpacking. Mm. Now, for me personally, I, that was probably one of the worst moments of my life. Really? Yeah, it was, it was really tough mentally because I was building myself up to be this person where I was like, the brand was really, really big in the area. Yeah. I must say, right? But then going to practically zero, it was a hard reality hit. Yeah, dude. You know, so I'm like, well, I've got to get a job now and now work in a factory, which was, you know, paying decently well. Yeah. Apart from that, I had a previous amount of roles I was in. It was about six years in sales at that point. So going to a factory not utilizing my skills and just clocking in, clocking out like yeah. 10 hours a day was brutal. So where I go, where, where I went from that was I found this guy online. This is when drop shipping yeah. started, just, you know, just started, right? Yeah. And this guy was like, hey, I'll, I'll mentor you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I ain't got no money. Yeah. 
then out of nowhere, he's like, hey, bro, you seem pretty fit. I had just competed in my first like bodybuilding show okay. back then. He's like, you're pretty fit. You train me and I'll mentor you for free. Yeah, all right. Good so I, yeah, I was like, sweet. I drove to Penrith every week yeah. to train this kid. In return, he started coaching me. Mm. So from there, then about a month or two months in, literally my first month in e-com, 40,000. And then next month was 404,000. Next month was 582,000. That was your first three months of e-com. First three months of e-com. Man, that's mental. I want to talk about that and I want to talk about how that happened. I want to know what your first product was, your first sale, all that shit. Yeah. There's Dan, there's so much I want to ask you about what you just said already. <laughs> first of all, moving from for back at uni, right? Yeah. You wanted to go from EP to, to business marketing. Kind of what were you thinking when you wanted to shift to, to that degree? Mm. Well, funny story is yeah. like I was – my parents were like, you have to become a physio. Yeah, okay. This is the goal. Like this is going to pay you well. Mm -hmm. Stick with this. Mm -hmm. And so they're from there – at the time, I was like sort of friends with this person and they were starting a business. Yeah. And I was like, I'll start one as well then. Yeah. And that's how I got into it. And then from there, I'm like, well, I've got to shift degrees because mm. business and marketing is what I need to learn. So there's no like online gurus back then. So I'm like, well, university offers marketing and finance. Yeah. Just got to learn that. And that's how I shifted into that. But it's so, it's you're coming out of school when you're like, you know, an 18, 19, 20, your whole perception of business and what yeah. it looks like to be a business owner and to do business and marketing is so warped, man. 100%. It's so like, it's so narrow minded and you yeah. don't realize all the fucking possibilities, all the different types of businesses, the types of roles, the different ways to earn money. Yeah. I remember coming out of school, man. I thought if you're a business owner, you have like a barbershop or a cafe. <laughs> yeah. or a I didn't know about 99% of the businesses yeah. and they're not spoken about at school. And then you go to uni and that's a really good question you had. And I don't want to seem like I always hate on universities in here, but like, okay, you go to this guy who's teaching you how yeah. to be a business owner, how to market and sell and Okay. What businesses have you had? Yeah. None. Yeah. So from there you, you dropped out. When did your parents find out? About six months to a year later. Yeah. How did they react? Well, not too well, to be honest. Mm. My dad was always like this super, super like supportive one for like going outside the, the norm. Mm. Right. And so he was like, well, I'll support you, but you have one year. Okay. You have one year or you have to get this job, which I'm going to tell you to get. Yeah. So, And was that in like the physio direction? No, it was actually working as a train driver, believe okay. it or not, because that was paying like over 100000 Yeah, wow. So it's like, this is your safety net. Mm. Like we came from India, not for you to just mm. do whatever you're and doing And do you have right any now. older siblings? Are you the oldest no, one? the oldest one. So it was up like you were the one carrying it. Yeah. And so mind you, when I have like aunties and uncles are all like – medical degrees and yeah. what sort of stuff. They were like, you're the oldest cousin from the family. Yeah. You have set an example for all the younger ones coming through. Mm. What are you doing? So there was a lot of pressure as well on me to actually perform and to do something. And by my dad giving me that like timeline, mm -hmm. it allowed me to really double down to what I was doing. Yeah. Because I'm like, most people I believe that they set these goals for themselves without an actual timeline. This is why procrastination and – you know, it all blows out, man. 100%. I'll start tomorrow. I'll start next 100%. week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big time. Yeah. So that was the sort of like process behind that. What was it like growing up with that pressure? Did you always, did you have that feeling growing up that you wanted to take a different path that this wasn't really for you or? hundred percent. Yeah. So growing up, as I mentioned, like, I'm like, I want to play for Australia. That was the cricket dream. Yeah. And then somehow when I got into the gym, I was like, guess I'll be a bodybuilder now. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, but I'm small, so I can't really do that. <laughs> so it was always like whatever I wanted to do, I wanted to be the best at it. Yeah. And I was really, really competitive. Mm. Um, and so therefore, it was not. I did not want to live that normal life. Mm. I saw that around me. I'm like, yeah, it's cool and I respect it. Mm -hmm. Me personally, there's no way. Yeah. So I wanted to do something. 
Yeah. Sure. All right, so then you meet you meet this guy who's going to mentor you, start yeah. training him. Yeah. What's the first thing he says? How do you start? He initially it was like back in the day, it was a lot of like general stores. Mm-hmm. He's like, just test these products, just get started, yeah. run some ads. I'm like, so every cent I was making at Coles, mm-hmm. just reinvesting it back. Yeah. Like I was at zero 24 yeah. seven in my bank account, like just nil. So whatever I would make there, straight to ads, straight to testing five products per day, mm-hmm. just like ramping up just yeah. this general store. And what sort of products were the first ones that really took off? The first product I ever sold was like a camera tripod that you could take yeah. when, while, while traveling. Yeah. And then it was a lot of watches. I think the watches okay. were the best sort of like winners. And was it all Facebook ads back then? What 100%. Was it? Yeah. Just face, straight Facebook ads, nothing else. And what changed from the point that you – well, I mean $40,000 in your first month mm. is already epic. But what were the big things that changed the game for you in terms of drop shipping to go from 40000 to 400, 500,000 in yeah. the next couple of months. This was literally just going, he was like, hey, there's something called manual bidding. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. He's like, just dump 10 grand today. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when I said like I had no attachment to my money, mm. zero attachment. Like I just viewed that as fuel for this business. Mm. Whatever I have is going straight into that. So it was doubling down with look like audiences and just manual bidding and just scaling heavily. Profit margins some days weren't too healthy, yeah. but in the long run, when the retargeting and everything else came through, yeah. it starts really flourish. It's a different game now, man. We're just chatting again before, like e-commerce has changed a lot. A lot of people that if you've just got into like e-com now, it's a very different game to go in and expect yeah. all these different kinds of results. Um, so from there, you moved into like coaching. You had a coaching business yeah. and a course in terms of e-com. Yeah. How did you shift from being, I want to just drop ship and sell these products myself yeah. to I want to teach people how to do this? Yeah. My brother and I were talking about this actually on the way here. And it was yeah. really funny because, see, when you're a kid from Western Sydney, mm-hmm. all you want to do is make money. And you want to like mm-hmm. get out of the area you're in. Like yeah. for me, it was Campbelltown. Yeah. Like just a Campbelltown boy. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is this is just not me. So you had that first monetary goal, which was like a million dollars. But once I hit that number, it was like, oh, is this, is this really it? Yeah. So from there, I'm like, okay, I don't really feel any different. Mm. I don't really feel any happier. And so if, I'm not really a materialistic person yep. by any means. So I wasn't like going and buying stuff and just doing anything stupid. And so from there, a lot of guys that I knew from there was like, hey, man, like I see you doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. Could you just like, what are you doing? Yeah. I thought you were like a drug dealer before. <laughs> yeah. Getting <laughs> envelopes of cash. Yeah, off. exactly. So from there, it started with one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And then some of the students we actually had, we taught, mm-hmm. they done extremely well. So we have about three or we had about three multi seven figure students. Mm-hmm. At that time, Facebook ads was completely different to what it is right now. So it was a lot easier. The barrier of entry was a lot easier where right now it's super competitive. Yeah. And it's not that easy. It's not that simple. So, mm-hmm. It's also coming down for me into that place of timing, yep. which is also a massive factor. Timing's a massive factor and it was a big factor in my success and how I was able to blow up yeah. the business. Me and George, what we did with Happy Skin, perfect product, perfect time and yep. really maximized and took advantage of it and took a lot of hard work yeah. and a lot of things we did really right. And we, and we, like you said, we had to not have that fear and we had to be okay with, okay, I'm going to invest this 10,000 yeah. for this campaign. If I lose it, I lose it. Yeah. But fingers crossed we make double, triple, quadruple back. Yeah. And that's how you scale. And that's that was a big thing for us. You spoke about being a kid growing up in Western Sydney. I want to know what was growing up in Western Sydney like yeah. and did that growing up in Campbelltown, did that motivate you anymore as a driver to succeed? It was so much Campbelltown for me. Mm-hmm. I was actually born in India, so mm-hmm. – 
I grew up there for about three years, yep. then moved to South Auckland, so to New Zealand for about yeah. four to five years. And we literally lived in like housing commission mm. at, at, over there. So I always grew up in a place where my dad worked really, really hard to get us where we were. And so the driving force was not so much Campbelltown or mm. Western Sydney for me, it was just seeing what we had gone through, yeah. what my father was doing at the time for me to be like, all right, shit, I've got to do something. I can't just, I guess, float by in life. Yeah. But grew up in Campbelltown, I think you'd agree, like there wasn't really people I would sort of look up to, like, oh, he's doing really well, let me learn from him. Mm. So you were kind of like alone. So what drives you to be successful now? What's, what is it? For me personally, what drives me right now is just the purpose of what I'm doing. Mm. So for me on this earth, I believe that we're all put here for a distinct reason. We all have a certain amount of gifts mm. that we're given. And so at the time, it's not like, it's not the money. It's nothing to do with that because I believe that when you die, I ain't taking one cent with me. Yeah. So it's the amount of people I can actually impact yep. while I'm here. How many lives can I actually change to, to move forward from that? Yeah, dude, I, I, I've been going through the same journey. And what I realized, man, I really think for me, um, for what I've been able to do through business, and I've seen a lot of people that came up and had really successful businesses at similar times and have gone on to do their own different things. I found like some people go in the direction of materialism and they yeah. want to go out on their on these yachts and flaunt their <laughs> champagne and their Gucci and Louis and all that sort of stuff. But I thought about that and there was a there was a time that you know I could have easily gone down that path. Yeah. But then I just think like, man, I think the most important thing for me, and it's something that I still have to learn, but the more I think about it, the more I don't care about anything else. And mm. it sounds so fucking cheesy, bro. Yeah. But gratitude. And like really being grateful for like where you are in life and what you already have. Totally and then so. I realized the things I'm stressing out about now, dude, five years ago, I would have killed to be in this position. 100%. And 99% of people in the world right now would kill to be in this position. So I think, man, the more we can just be happy with where we are and what we have and use that as like, not as something that I'm scared to lose as in yeah. like, I'm so grateful to have it. And then moving forward out of purpose rather than, how can I make the ma most amount of money that I can? Yeah. I think business is super important. I still love e-com as one of the best ways you can change your life. I know it is yep. changing and getting harder, but using business and making money to change a life. But once you got to the point where you've taken back control and you have the element of freedom to, you know, yep. work on your own terms, yep. at least wake up and do something you enjoy. You don't have to go work for a boss you hate yep. or do this work that like crushes your soul. And then once you've been able to achieve that, I really think next step for me was impact the people around me, become yep. a better person, help my friends, my family and stuff. But then it's like, I could not wake up every day. I don't know how some people do it, all power to them. I know everyone will have their own motivations, but to just think up and like, how can I maximize money? Like people that say, oh, my main goal is to become a billionaire. <laughs> but what's the fucking point? No like, point why do you want to become a billionaire? Yeah. Man? yeah. What, what do you think about in terms of purpose? Like, What's your, what's your end goal? What's your ultimate goal? I know you want to impact as many people as you can. How yeah. far do you want to take it? For me personally right now, man, just seeing the impact we've made alone mm. um, in the sales agency side, mm. because how the business model works is, you know, we're a done for you sales agency. Mm. So what we do basically is um, these businesses hire, hire our, you know, our team members to go and work in their business. So what happens technically is the business owners, our sales reps, plus the prospects who are buying into their services are mm. all being impacted positively mm. so that at scale for me is like right now just the purpose of that all right tell me let's let's go into this talk a bit talk to me about the business model so you run like a sales agency mm -hmm. 
I looked at your stuff and I was like, fuck, this makes a lot of sense. I didn't really realize that there was a niche yeah. <laughs> like this. So yeah, yeah. we'll get into the transition and, and why transition from e-com to this next. But first yeah. of all, tell me how it works. How did you come like how did you come up with this idea and yeah. what do you guys actually do? Because it's sure. really interesting and I'd never really heard of it done before. Yeah. So at that point when I was in heavy in e-commerce, mm. I began to realize in the coaching space how much money is actually circulating in that space because of demand that was yeah. there, right? As all these business models, social media marketing, drop shipping, Amazon, whatever, mm. is all popping off, yeah. right? And so the thing is people want to actually speak to someone before they make a purchase. The thing was when I actually shifted into doing my own coaching business, I yeah. became friends with a lot of people. Um, personally, I hate posting on social media. Like, yeah. I love that private lifestyle. Yeah. But the thing was when I was doing that, is I had no network around me whatsoever. That's how I met you as well, right? Just through social media. Yeah. So I started posting. I became friends with a lot of other guys who are selling, you know, courses and programs and, and whatnot. And so therefore, they were like, hey, bro, you're a sales guy. Like, yeah. That's who you really are. Yeah. Could you actually help train some of our guys to go and sell for us as well? Yeah. We'll provide the leads. We'll do X, Y, Z. Just close. So that's how it realistically started. And so it's commission only. Mm -hmm. There's no like, there's no salary or whatever. Yeah. It's purely commission. And where do you find these people to like, it's all through your network, people selling courses and the clients. Yeah. The clients just networking, man. Yeah. So we don't run ads. We don't run any sort of like yeah. outreach to get clients. It's purely from the, all the years of posting about drop shipping and e-com mm -hmm. and creating that sort of like network there. That brought and in how did clients. you, how long were you doing your own course for in your own mentoring program? That was well over a year to mm. two years, I would say. And what did you learn from doing that? That it's, um, Good question, actually. What I learned from that was you can't realistically help everyone, Okay. right? People buying a course or buying mm -hmm. some into some sort of coaching, not everyone is guaranteed success, yeah, right? of course. Because what the thing with social media is it's portrayed entrepreneurship to be a glorified fucking everyone's going to be in, in a fucking Lamborghini and living on the beach and X, Y, Z. But the thing was a lot of guys bought into that and yeah. started. So we couldn't help everyone. Mm. What I learned a lot from that was how to build teams, how to build systems, and most importantly, how to actually provide a procedure from people to actually go and succeed themselves. Yeah. yeah. So you've used that then as like a as like a kind of like a pilot test model for the current sales agency you're running? Yeah. But, but more than the actual coaching business, yeah. it was actually going back when I was selling the stock. Okay. With all those sales reps that I had, yeah, yeah. which was actually like funny enough, the main blueprint to this. And then the coaching business, because we're actually helping other coaches, it's like looking back, Everything I've done has led to this. Mm. If I did not, have, if I didn't do a single step in my past, I would not be here. Mm. If I didn't sell clothing and had sales reps doing yeah. that, I wouldn't be doing this. If I didn't start e-commerce, I wouldn't be doing this. If I don't start posting online, I would yeah. have no clients. So you believe that everything happens for a reason. Hundred percent. Hundred. When did you start? When did you realize that? And when did you? When did you start living by that premise? I would say start of last year. Yeah. Start of last year, we bought a new place, moved in. And it got to a point where I was like, all right, sweet. I'm coaching e-com. Yeah. Am I really passionate about this? Hell no. Yeah. Now, but now, but now I'm framed as the guy, right? You're, you're yeah. the e-com guy. You're the guy from Western Sydney. You're the e-com guy. That's who you are. So I'm like, well, I've got to keep doing this. And so one of my friends at the time was like, hey, bro, we're watching a Jordan Belfort video. And I was like, oh, bro, this is, this is what I used to watch back in the day when I was selling supplements X, Y, Z. And he's like, just stop for a sec. Mm. Did you see how you spoke about that compared to how you speak about e-commerce? I was yeah. like, what do you mean, bro? And he's like, dude, you were like, you're like on Coke. When you <laughs> yeah. talk about sales, as opposed to when you talk yeah, about e-commerce, like, it's a job now to you. Yeah. And I was like, okay, now what? Mm. 
is like, I need you to think about that. So going into that was like, what do I, how, like what, sell what? Sell more supplements, yeah. sell more courses of mine. I'm like, I don't want to continue to coach um, what I was doing. And so from there we saw, we slowly sort of like formulated a plan for, for this business now. I've said this before and it's so true, particularly of people that have got in and had success in, in, yeah. in one aspect of the life. We become prisoners to our own success sometimes. 100%. And like you're expected to be that guy for the rest of your life. And because yeah. you're like, oh, dude, I have an awesome opportunity. Like I said, there's, you know, nine out of 10 people would kill to be in this position. Yeah. Who am I now to say, no, this isn't for me, but being able to realize what's for you and what's not, yeah. that's the most important thing, man. And I could have... I could have launched a million other e-commerce brands yeah. by now, but the things that really light me up is is personal development. That's why this podcast has taken up so much of our time and we spend yeah. so much time booking guests, producing episodes, making the content, and me upgrading my own brain, my own life, you know, reading books because that stuff. And I love e-com and, and it's probably the best, from, from my point of view, the best way that you can change your life. But then e-com, for me, what people get twisted, e I'm not married to e-com for yeah. my whole life. I still, I, I thought definitely when we launched and still now, I think if you don't have a lot of money in the bank, maybe you're 18 to 25, even, even late twenties and yeah. you're in a corporate job that you don't like, I still think e-com is right now one of the best um, tools that you can use to change your life. But in no way am I going to marry myself to that forever 100%. because I, I want to be able to like the whole point of taking all the risk to go out and start your own business. Because it's not always easy, man. You can't sure. go to bed every night and just know I'm going to get X amount of money <laughs> yeah. deposited into my bank yeah. account every day. Yeah. There's a lot of stress involved with it. You should, you know, have the ability to like, okay, if you're going to solve all these problems, make it something that you're passionate about. Yeah. What's some of the, what's some of the biggest problems or biggest, like biggest issues that you had to overcome in business you reckon to date? Becoming successful, becoming successful, mm -hmm. making money too quickly. Yeah. That, tell me about that. that. Those first three months was actually a huge issue for me. When you scale that fast in business, this is like back in econ days now, I knew nothing about systems, nothing about procedures, building teams, building staff to obviously facilitate the growth yeah. and then plan for future growth. So those businesses crashed pretty quickly, right? At that time, where I'm at right now, it's all about that. Mm -hmm. Systems, building the teams that can actually facilitate the growth and expansion of a business. It's a really good point, man. I remember... We were so lucky. We grew so fast in the first year as well. Yeah. And it's like, it's so much pressure. You could become this, I was 24 years old, essentially a 24 year old Jeez. kid who I, after school, I did law for like two months in uni and I dropped out, I hated it. <laughs> and then I was acting for like five years. And then I had, bro, I had 12 months of, of corporate experience in like business development and sales. So yeah. I had no fucking qualifications or experience of how to build a team. Yeah. And it's like the amount, like you're thrown in the deep end and you're generating all this revenue and you're having all this success and you're growing, growing, growing. But now you need to become like the parent of this business and you're yeah. hiring staff. Like we had like yeah. 10, 12 staff. Some people are like 10 years older than you. Some yeah. people it's the first serious <laughs> job. Yeah. I have like a year corporate experience. I'm yeah. this young kid. How the fuck do you navigate that and exactly. not make mistakes? You know exactly. what I mean? Oh, dude, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And what was, was there any moment that clicked for you that you're like, fuck, man, I don't want to do this e-com shit anymore? Every day at one yeah. point, bro. Every day at one point. Because like, you know that little ching noise that you get? Yeah. When you're hearing that 500 times a day, it gets a bit boring, right? Yeah. And so it was that. Then it was the repetitiveness of like, all right, we're scaling ads today. I'm looking mm. at numbers every day. Do I even enjoy the product I'm selling? Mm. Definitely not. Do I care about the product? Definitely not. It's just looking at numbers and numbers and numbers. I'm like... This is just not for me. And where do you like? Where do you see the current state of ecom versus 
you know, three, four years ago when you were really heavy in it? Instead of e-com or like just the whole... No, e-com, e-com, how has it changed? It's always adapting, man. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Mm. Now utilizing platforms like TikTok, for example, mm. and seeing the growth there, but the growth organically is insane. Like mm. if I was to start an e-commerce business right now, forget about ads. Yeah. I'd just be pumping organic because yep. I've seen what's happened with that alone. So the thing is people, if you're stuck with, all right, this, what this course is telling me to do, mm. I'm going to run Facebook ads, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. You're not looking around at what the market's doing. You're leaving so much money on the table. Yeah. And it, it changes all the time. And some people, that's why you, you spoke about courses and, and not everyone who comes and gets success. Yeah. Like you have to realize everyone can give you the tools to be successful and tell yeah. you what you did. But there's a certain amount of accountability that needs to be on the person to be able to like be self-aware and look at where they're being successful in business and what they're doing wrong yeah. and how to adapt that and how to change it. Because like e-com, like there's, there's always a hundred other things you can be doing. There's so many other channels you could be using. There's so many yeah. other marketing techniques, partners, um, apps. There's so many things you can do to improve your business and putting that pressure on like, okay, this one course didn't change my life. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the backlash in that, I, I see it a lot. I see a lot of, 18, 19 year old yeah. kids that are life coaches, business mentors, e-commerce experts. And yeah. like, dude, how do you, you know, it's, it's, how do you claim that when you haven't really done anything in the space? When you were, when you were coaching and running your course was, what was competition like? Cause there's, uh, was there a lot of competition people doing courses at, or? At that time, no man. So the yeah. thing is like, see a lot of guys right now that make a little bit of money, they're a coach. Yep. I didn't charge for my coaching initially. Mm. It was all for free. This is something people need to realize and understand that like just because you made a little bit of money or you have some, some, some form of success, you're not a coach. Yeah. You have no experience. Yeah. When I was coaching guys for free and they were making decent amount of money, people were like, hey, bro, how much do you charge? I'm like, charge for what? They're like, you help my mate, Jack. I'm like, yeah. I don't know, bro, he's my mate. Yeah. And he's like, could you coach me as well? I will pay you. I'm like, pay me for what? Mm. Because again, how I learned was I traded my – my, I guess my value in as a personal trainer for my coaching, there was some form of obviously value exchange, exchange right? Yeah. Whereas right now it, it kills me because a lot of these guys online, it's ruining it for everyone. It really is toxic. And for us, even when we choose clients, mm. because I've done e-com in the past, because I've actually ran a coaching business, I can really sort of, we can tell who the real guys are, who the yeah. fake ones are. So we're very, very particular on who we choose to work with because we're technically, you know, we're, we're training salespeople to work in their business and sell it for them. Yeah. Ethically, we can't sell anything that's obviously that like hundred percent. No way. Yeah. You just said something. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to ask you about something, man. Ah, oh, it'll come back to me with training your staff. Mm -hmm. I want to know how to, first of all, how do you, recruit people to be in your team and what's the process to like, okay, let's just say I had this business and I'm going to outsource my sales team yeah. to Tremaine to your to agency. I need to know that, okay, if I'm going to be bringing you all these leads and you know what, with like leads aren't always it. Like if you've got a really big following, sure yeah. leads will come in like that every day. Yeah. But if I'm going to work hard to acquire these leads and I'm yeah. going to pass it on to your sales team, if you have like a one in 10 success rate and I'm paying like $20, $30 per lead, yeah. I'm not going to end up that profitable. How yeah. do you select your team yeah. and how do you coach them to succeed and do well on behalf of these clients? 100%. So how we select the team members, mm -hmm. it initially started from like, again, the network, mm -hmm. right? We knew people who were in the States and Canada. Majority of these businesses are based in Australia, Canada, and the US. Mm -hmm. So all our sales reps are normally from that country. Yeah. Because the network I had, we started initially picking it from there. 
And now I've started to post more about sales. It's just sort of expanded the, the lead flow. But for them to be trained as a salesperson with no experience to getting on an actual client's contract, yeah. it takes months, yeah, months okay. and months and months and months. It yeah. is not, I'm very, very heavy on like, this is not a get rich quick remote role, work from your house and just make a bunch of money. Yeah. Like the, some of the success stories we've had already is phenomenal. Like we've had a 17 year old kid from Canada who now moved to Hawaii and he's moved to Costa Rica and he's working completely remotely as a sales rep. But it's the amount of time he spent about eight months training. training and training and training and talking five days a week, six days a week, two hours a day. Yeah. Call recordings, role plays, just consistency. And are these people like passionate about sales like you or? No, mm. no. Initially, it's it's very easy to tell the ones who just want to make a quick buck yeah. versus the guys who are not passionate about money or sales, but passionate about like the impact they're, they're having on the prospect. Yeah. Because most of these guys are, we sell for obviously marketing agencies, um, you know, different sort of biz op yeah. programs. These people obviously are, are coming to this this business owner for some level of, I guess, guidance or whatever they're doing. So if the sales rep doesn't genuinely believe that they're here to help the person, uncover problems and provide a solution, wrong business. Yeah. This is not dude. Wolf of Wall Street, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's so funny as well. Like, cause I, I see the way you face light, your eyes light up when you speak about sales as well. <laughs> I mean, I did sales for like maybe 12, 18 months. I fucking hated it, bro. <laughs> like I, I got into sales because I thought, look, I didn't have a uni degree. I did yeah. acting for a while. I wanted to like, let me give corporate one more try. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I love talking to people. I love building relationships. But the things I was selling, man, yeah. I was not passionate about. Right. And that's why I hated it. Like the first job I worked uh, for like a media company. Yeah. And at the, right at the end of it, before I left, we started actually – uh, helping people like to market business using Facebook. And yeah. by then I already knew I was going to leave, but I could, <laughs> I could with good conscience sell the idea of yeah. like helping small businesses, you know, use yeah. Facebook to sell. Yeah. But before that, bro, you know what we were doing, man? We were selling our agency. Well, the, the agency I work for was set up to help. The main business model was to help like struggling newspapers and radio um, uh, stations sell the ad space that they can no longer sell. Oh. So imagine like 2017 and you're, you're meeting these small business owners and you're trying to convince them to buy like a small ad in a newspaper. Oh man. I'm like, man, I feel so shit about this. Like I can't do it. And then where I moved next was a company in fucking Wink or Staples yeah. selling like pens and papers and <laughs> printers and shit. I was just like, that's why I didn't like sales. Yeah. But I think the thing like the, that's the best way. Whenever I did well in anything, it's something that you believe in. And like, if yeah. it's a good product, I mean, I've never really had to sell uh, for, for a product I really believe in. Yeah. I think it would be a different story, but yeah. how do you get the buy-in from your team to actually, you know, live and breathe these brands that they're selling on behalf of? Good question. Before buying the brands, mm. what I've come to realize is they have to buy into the vision of the company. Okay. So ABC sales agency, the vision is to right now the e-learning market, that's at about a $300 billion year market. Mm. So the vision of ABC is to really take a huge chunk of that market and to yeah. be like the number one company in that space. So before even believing in the, the company they're selling for, they have to believe in the vision of ABC and what we're doing and yeah. the impact we're having on people. Especially during COVID, when obviously everyone went remote and everything else, this is when it started to really take off. Yeah. But how do we get them to actually believe in the, the company they're selling for is we made them go through the modules themselves. We made oh, them okay. sit down with, with our clients. Mm -hmm. We have like weekly meetings with the actual client itself. 
plus daily meetings. And they go through the student testimonials that clients had. So I'm like, hey man, like this guy helped all these people change their lives. Yeah. You are now selling for that guy. If someone's interested in their, in their business, whatever it is, it's your obligation to see if there's a problem and to provide a solution. If not, don't sell them. I love that. I'm not here to go sell every guy, make sure you mm. just squeeze everything out of them. That's not sales, Yeah. right? If there's a genuine problem and we can find it in the sales call, by all means, we can guide them. Sales is just guiding someone. Mm. It's not forcing your agenda onto them. Mm. I love that. Particularly in this space, man. So you said it's 300 billion now. Is mm. it growing? What's the stats? Every year it's growing. Yeah. Bro. So I think in 2022, it was set at about, sorry, 2021, mm. 221 billion. But because of like, I guess, social media. Yeah. And this is like the e-learning in regards to courses and stuff is a small aspect of it. Mm. But now looking at even universities, yeah, they're online as well. So it's continually growing. I don't see that stopping anytime soon. I don't either, man. And just if I look at my own experience and if I was going to start again, if I didn't have the knowledge and experience that I have now, it's like, man, are you going to spend, like to say, even if to do a, a standard three-year business degree, yeah. what's it like 30, 40 grand now? Yep. Dude, if you, if you spent 30 or like, you don't even like, say fucking $10,000 on business courses, e-commerce courses, marketing, different yep. things in that space. And you spend six months really learning these like lessons and absorbing that and then implementing it, yep. dude, you are so much better qualified 100%. to be successful in business and marketing. If you don't yep. want to be in business yourself, yep. dude, if you want you could be, go, become a weapon, like m the best ad buyer yeah. at one of these agencies yep. by e-learning. So I'm a big believer in that. I remembered what I was going to ask you before, because sure. <laughs> I went through the same process when you were consulting for free, mm -hmm. it gets to a certain point, and, and I did that as well. Mm -hmm when you don't have the time mm -hmm. to you obviously you've got all your own stuff going on to consult and work with everyone so then the first time you charge someone mm -hmm. i remember feeling like fuck am i really gonna charge people but i yeah. have to yeah. right and and the way i overcame that was i realized okay if i could pay my if before i started before i started happy skinco if i could have a one hour phone call with myself now and everything i know would i pay $500 for that or $1,000 yeah. for that or whatever. In a second, I would. If I could, before we started, if I could have like had a phone call with Nick and Alex and from yeah. Highsmile and yeah. asked them all these things, dude, yeah. that's worth 10 times what I'm going to charge. But how did you, what was that process like for you to be okay with charging money for your expertise? And like, what was that process like for you? It was really tough in the beginning, mm. man. Like I did not feel right at all. Because yep. for me personally, it was that I was still the guy working at Coles that just happens to be making some money. So I'm like, I really, realistically shouldn't be charging anyone. Yeah. And when it happened, someone was like, can I just pay you this amount of money? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't really need it, bro. It's all good. And he's like, no, bro, you've provided so much value. Like, I need to pay you. Yeah. What's your bank details? Yeah. And so he just sent the amount of money through. And so that was actually the first ever payment. I never yeah. asked for it. He literally just sent it through. Yeah. And so even right now with our current sales team, the OG guys, no one was, no one paid. No yeah. one pays. Like, everyone was trained initially for free now at the scale we're at it's a little bit different of course but for the first year or so everyone was trained for free mm. and i believe that if you want to start a business let's say a coaching business or whatever it is if you can't do that for free and really stick it through and provide great results you should not be charging mm. well how yeah what's your value what's your what's your place in the market mm. what have you done you were saying that you were still in your head the way your identity was you're still that guy from coles yeah mm. Where's that at now? How do you feel about who you are now? Just yesterday, actually. I was working close to midnight. 
I just stopped and thought, and I was like, holy shit. Like three, four years ago, that was me. So every now and then it does pop in, but I believe that like it's a little bit different right now. I'm, but I still stay grounded in a, in a way where I'm like, I don't forget where I came from. I don't, I'm never, I'm never not that guy. I'm still the same person. Yeah. So the identity of it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit hard, I must admit. It's not, I'm not like a different person right now who's, yeah. you know, sales guy or econ guy. I'm still the same person. Yeah. And what, let's talk about, talking about your journey and how far you've come, what role has mindset played in your development and how far your, your life has come? Literally everything, bro. Like without that, there is no way on God's green earth I'll be sitting here right now with you. Because the amount of beatings that I've taken in regards to business and failure after failure after failure. I remember at one point, after the first few e-com businesses were like doing well and they would crash and another one would start and it would crash and whatever. I got down and I was like praying one. Day. I was like, just God help me, please. Like I cannot go back to university. Yeah. Like all back to Coles. I'm like, please help me. And it wasn't even like I was whiffed off with this you know, motivation all of a sudden, but that's where I believe these business owners right now that that make it in the long run. If you don't go through the grit and the hard times and like you develop that mindset, yeah. business is not for you. Yeah. Because as you mentioned before, right? You wake up the next morning like, I'm actually not making anything tomorrow or like, <laughs> I'm going to have a business still. You never know. Yeah. But I think those lessons are so important as well because it's important to build the humility to realize that at the end of the day, no matter how successful you are, you're still human. Yeah. And that can all disappear tomorrow, but it's like who you are as a person and what you've learned and the relationships you've developed, no one can ever take that away from you. Yeah. So that was something for me as well. It's like, fuck, like you make all this money as such a young kid Mm. and you think like, what do I do? Like uh, your ego starts getting attached to that. Like, oh, if I lose, if this business crashes, what am I going to, everyone thinks I'm this most successful guy. Like, (laughs) How am I going to like get past that? And then yeah. like, just go within and realize, man, that's why my circle is pretty small in terms of like the people I really, really am close with Good point. because the first, say 12, the first two years of happy skin, like you start having success. I go get invited. You speak at these events and yeah. then everyone wants to be your friend. And then you're meeting other successful people. And then you realize like, I don't really like the way I feel when I'm around these people because they're uh. all like. Oh, that's powerful, man. man. That's powerful. You know, yeah, it's yeah. Um, it's still a journey for me, man. But that's like sometimes I meet these people and I speak and I speak at events and they're like full of business people mm. and I'm saying the word bro, I'm <laughs> saying hectic. And I still do, man, yeah. because I'm like, I'm not going to forget. What, I'm not, fuck, I don't, like, I am who I am. Yeah. Like I grew up in Western Sydney as well. Yeah. I grew up in Preston's. I'm from like pretty much grew up in Liverpool area. Yeah. I'm this kid. Like I, I went down to law when I was doing Wollongong Uni and everyone's yeah. like, where are you from? I'm like, oh, like, like I'm Australian, like, oh no, like, oh, I'm like, okay, no, like my mum's like Irish, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, no, where you fuck? Where's your accent from? Yeah. Like, what do you mean my accent? Like, you like, like European? I'm like, nah, man, this is just Western Sydney. So oh, different country. Yeah. Everyone different. thinks it's a different country. Like yeah. you like Croatian or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. I'm like, nah, dude. But that's the big thing. Like not changing who you are, regardless of like the highs or the lows, yeah. because the lows come, man. And like you said, you've, you've had some pretty dark days in, yeah. in business, right? Like and if you let that crumble you or you let the highs take you too high, yeah. it's risky, man. And I like what you said, man, in regards to – see, in those times when you were sort of like making new friends and around new people mm. and X, Y, Z, what I came to realize was when I had that initial success with the first clothing brand, right, it was still doing decently well, right? Yeah. It wasn't a seven-figure business, but it was like – it was up there. 
at that point, we had a lot of friends because we had, like I said, sales reps mm. and people that were buying the brand and everything else. And when that sort of tanked, bro, everyone disappeared. Everyone. When I was working at Coles, like my phone didn't go off fucking once. Yeah. Right? So then years had passed before I got into e-com. And so, and I was still really quiet about that for another year. No one knew anything. And I had I started posting online about it. And that's when literally the phone just like Shopify. <laughs> I was like, oh, these orders. Yeah. Hey, bro, I'm going to go for a coffee. Like, oh, I was meant to message you like last week. We should catch up. I'm like, bro, there is no fucking way yeah. I'm wasting. What, where were you these last two years? Mm. Where were any one of you guys? That's powerful. So man. my circle right now, bro, is if you weren't there in that time, like I can count the people on my on one hand. Yeah. Apart from my brother and like my probably two or three closest friends. Yeah. No one else infiltrates the circle, bro. And it's man, yeah. No one, no one gives you the attention, but before and now, yeah. now when like, okay, they're seeing a little bit of your success online. Oh, bro, like, let's go out for coffee. Yeah, man. So I've got this business idea. Can you tell me what you think? Yeah. And look, I was never really salty about it. Mm. Um, sometimes I'd play along just because, like, mm. I don't want to be the, the asshole about it. But then it gets yeah. to the point. And you realize those friends, or not not friends, not yeah. but like those acquaintances that only message you when they need something. Yeah. Or hey, bro, can you give me advice on this? Or hey, bro, like I'm actually struggling a bit. Like, yeah. uh, look, I, I want to help as many people as I can. But the people that want to, like, that's something I realized as well that I didn't really expect, and, I, and and it's obvious now thinking about it. But like, you didn't expect. You hear those stories of people getting money and people start coming out of the woodwork yeah. and asking for favors. Yeah. It really happens, man. 100%. Particularly when you're from like the area yeah. and when you're from Western Sydney. Yeah. How did you deal with that? Did you just start like what was the decision you made within yourself there? The thing was like I wouldn't say people were asking for money, but it was just like it was always catch-ups. It was always framed as like let's catch up for yeah. coffee. I'm like, bro, I don't even drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I drink coffee. I'm like, I'm not going to go to a cafe. Yeah. I'm not like I'm not a cafe person. I ain't yeah. dropping $10 for a cup of coffee. Yeah. I can make it at home. Like, yeah. I'm still Indian, bro. <laughs> Inside, I'm still Indian. Yeah. Like, get you for a coffee. I'm like, no, thanks, mate. Yeah. Like, if you, have, if you have a question, I'll be happy to answer it. So in that aspect, I wasn't salty. Like, if they needed help still, yeah. more than happy to guide you. Like, mm. I'm still from the same area. I'm still, we're still friends at one point or mm. acquaintances. Happy to guide you. But I'm not going to spend two, three hours sipping coffee with you. Talk about your business idea. Mm. So... In that way, like I was still very protective of my of my time and my attention, which I think people give away way too much. I agree, and and I was doing it for a little bit, and like now I'm not the best messenger. You mm. know what I mean? Sometimes people message me, and I might not get back to it straight away. But people, people, and I and I don't even really explain it that much yeah. anymore because, like, man. Sometimes I get like 20, 30, 40 messages in a day. Yeah. I, I I just physically can't get to everyone. Yeah. And like if you try to reply to every single person at every second of every day, because like you reply one time and then they'll reply straight away. Like how do you do yeah. that with 20, 30 people? You start right. to lose a bit of yourself. And I realize like I'm staying up to like midnight just replying to all these messages. And like it it, it starts the same way. Yeah. Oh, hey, bro. How you doing? Yeah, good, man. <laughs> the video chit chat. Oh, so by the way, I had this question. I'm like, <laughs> man, honestly, I'd rather you just ask. Yeah. You know what I mean? Straight but up. I don't know. I feel like it's settled down a lot now. I, I try to, yeah, people, the people that don't actually appreciate yeah. who you are as a person, yeah. that's the stuff that to me, I don't really want to give them my time. But there's, right. there's so many people that if they're a good person, they're coming to you like as a genuine person to, to connect. That's, that's awesome. I've made a lot of good friends mm. 
since then, but I remember feeling for a period of time, I wasn't really open to making new, new friends and new right. experiences because especially as a young kid, like mid twenties, like people want to take advantage of you. hundred percent. But it, I wouldn't even say like at that point for me, man, like making friends, I was like, at, at that point, like what for? Mm. Like I only want to become friends at that point with people who are like genuinely like caring about mm. you or myself. Like I wanted to, to help you. Who are, who are much higher than me, who could actually, hey, man, like, come yeah. here and, like, continue to push you to move forward. Because yeah. otherwise I felt like I was consistently being pulled down yeah. all the time. You and need, I couldn't escape. You need to surround yourself with people that build you up and that are inspirational yeah. and are going on a similar journey. They don't have to be above you. They don't have to be below you, yeah. whatever, as long as you share similar values. Correct. And you can, you can look, yeah, of course, you've got to be there to share each other's problems. But, like, you, you don't want to be around people that are constantly – down in the like just drains on your life that's the thing cutting out i I haven't had to deal with this too much but cutting out people that are toxic in your life Mm. is one of the best things you can do because a lot of the times i've I've seen it with people that have cut out that toxic partner or friend or whatever and the moment they cut out that toxic person you watch their life change (laughs) you know what i mean preach preach what do you think's been like what do you think's been like the day looking back that you're most proud of Oh man, I I wouldn't say there's one particular day. Mm. I think for me, the happiest moment of my life, or the most proud I would say, would be when we started this recent business, mm. because it had nothing to do with money. It had pure. It was purely about passion. Mm. Like because at that point, as I mentioned, like we had bought a new place. I'm like, well, I'm not going to pay for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? And I and I'm like, well, do I continue to? To, to attach myself to the income I was making from all those businesses. And at that point, I cut every single one off in that same day. Same day, cold turkey. I'm like, done. We're starting brand new. We're sticking to what we're actually passionate about. And that is it. I'm not going to be a slave to that anymore. That was probably the proudest day. How did you feel that day? Shit scared yeah. initially. But when I actually got into the momentum of stuff, it just felt amazing, bro. Like it was like, this is what I was meant to do. And like, all the stuff before was clear because it was the wrong reasons, the wrong motives, just money, just money, just money. But then you'd always feel that sense of emptiness, everything I'd done. Mm. And what would, you be, what would your advice be to someone who's standing at that crossroads between chasing the money and chasing the path of, you know, perceived glory or success on the outside versus following what they inside them feel like is the right thing to do? Okay, each person to their own, right? Some people... You know, believe it, that's the best way of moving forward in regards to glory and success and everything else. But social media, man, only portrays what it wants to portray. Yeah. You don't see them when they're, when they're by themselves at home. Like, I believe that success without some sense of fulfillment or passion is failure. Big time, man. Right? So go on that route by all means. But I remember driving like every day when I was making money, my phone was going off with Shopify, going... Fuck, like everything I had envisioned in my mind, nothing feels like what I thought it would feel like. Mm-hmm. As opposed to what we're doing right now, where it's like we were, we're working yesterday till midnight. We start our mornings at 4 a.m. So like I'm like, holy shit, we're doing what we truly love. I think that's the best thing to do. It might not happen as quick. Yeah, There's many different ways you can make money faster. But if, you can, if you're willing to stick it out, it's 100% worth it. You can go to bed every night feeling really, really proud and, and content and, and just a strong sense of gratitude as well. 
what do you do now? What have you implemented into your life that helps you keep that positive space or helps you optimize performance? Is there anything that you've built into your life, daily practices? 100%. Or? So this is something I wasn't too proud of for a while because I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a very sort of like Christian background. Mm-hmm. So religiously right now, every morning 4 a.m. alarm goes off, mm-hmm. one hour, non-negotiable, lock myself in a, in a different room of the house. I just pray, mm-hmm. pray, read the Bible, and I just meditate on I'm just being grateful mm. of where I am right now and, and obviously for, I guess, for God's guidance for where I'm going moving forward. I think that, for me, really keeps me grounded in what I'm doing. What else is, like, do you have a morning routine that's part of it? Is there anything yeah. else you do? Training. Training. Straight away is training, which due to COVID, like, <laughs> I, was, I promise you I was, a lot of be- I was in better shape. Mm. I think COVID, for me, when I took away training, I didn't go outside, I didn't do anything, put on tons of weight. For me, being the guy who was like competing and always lean and everything else, it was a strong, almost like identity attached to that. So when COVID hit and I put on all this weight, which I'm still trying to knock off right now, it was a massive shock. So after the soul of like prayer and everything else, I also began to realize like, okay, you need to also have some sort of physical, I guess, daily ritual, right? Because in that, what you're learning is discipline. You're learning is consistency and these same sort of like, I guess, traits you're learning there, you can implement into business. If you can't take care of yourself, your mental health, your physical health, mm. how the hell are you going to run a business? Mm. So for me, those are non-negotiables every morning. Mm. That's awesome, man. I remember I was talking to, talking about purpose and like something that really sticks out to me in terms of connecting everything to like a greater purpose. One, I remember this quote, I don't know if he made it up or I don't know if it's from if he saw it somewhere and told me, but like I do Kung Fu, I'm a black belt there. I've been there six years and our um, Dashi is what they call like grandmaster, the head of the school who's been doing it for like 40, 50 years. He said this quote for me and I think it'll resonate with you, man. And when he said it to me, it's never left me. He said, you're the person your family line has been waiting for. You're the person who's changed the destiny of your family forever. You are the one like what your family lived before you and now what the, you're that breaker, circuit breaker, and now the life that your family line and your family tree will live will forever be changed afterwards. What is that? Yeah. What does that do? That's powerful, man. Yeah. That is, that's heavy because like, I mean, you as well, right? Yeah. You were that guy that broke, I guess, the chain. Like you were that, that person. I mean, even for myself and my family, Mm. like no one was really about this life. Like you were shunned for even, looking at this life yes. or thinking about this life right now the same aunties and uncles are like we're so proud of you yeah. we always <laughs> yeah. believed in you son i'm like thank you yeah thank you very much but i i i think about that a lot whenever i'm struggling and look i i've always backed myself a lot i've always been a naturally confident person but like for me even sometimes like you get into these moments and and whatever it's just part of the process man like there's, there'll be a lot of pressure a lot of stress and like yeah. we're still young man well not not that young anymore <laughs> but like <laughs> You, you, these young kids, like mid twenties, late twenties, and like you have sometimes it feels like you have the weight on the worlds yeah. on your shoulders, and I would feel that. And sometimes, to be honest, you feel a little bit sorry for yourself, even right. though it's stupid. Because, like I said, ninety nine percent of the world would would kill to have your problems and be in your position. But then when I think about that, and that I'm the one who can change, and this is I don't mean want to relate this just to me, but whoever's out there that's listening, you can be the person that your family line was mm. waiting for. And then from you, nothing will ever be the same. You change the course of your family forever. And for me, if I'm ever feeling sorry for myself, think why do I have to deal with all this stress and all this yep. pressure? 
that's why. And it's such a beautiful thing for me to fall back on whenever it gets tough. Amen. Mm. That's beautiful, man. Mm. That's really powerful. No, I, I just thought I'd share with you, man, because you have a similar, obviously di- different, but similar yeah. kind of uh, upbringing and, and, yeah. and path before ecom. Yeah. Um, what do you think like your, your purpose is? Like your purpose on this planet is you want to impact as much people mm. as you can, right? Yeah. Talk to me about that. Purpose for me, man, I believe like I look at this very much heavily from my Christian background. Mm-hmm. So I believe that we're all given a certain amount of talents, mm-hmm. but all these talents we're given has to be for a bigger cause. So it's not about money. It's not about like impact. Yeah, impact, but what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what exactly are you doing with the talents? What sort of impact are you having? For me personally, I want to be able to use my talents and use the, I guess, platform of our built to to continue to to build on my I guess the um not religious side but um to bring more glory to to my God which I believe is is a huge cornerstone of my life. Mm. So for my purpose would be solely that mm-hmm. but on the way there to continuously have that as a forefront. Because I know if I believe in that then everything I'll do will be for a positive impact. Yeah. There's no shortcuts with that whatsoever. Mm. So whether people believe in the universe, whatever they believe in but having that bigger power that's much above you keeps you in a place of, um, I guess, just gratitude and, and it, it just humbles yourself a lot more. And how do you set goals to ensure that it's not this, this big generalized pipe dream, I want to make a positive impact? How do you, Tremaine, go about setting goals to ensure you're, you're genuinely moving forward your, 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 your purpose, your goal, getting closer to achieving the big grand goal of yours? Good question. In regards to setting goals, man, this is something I've done since 2015. Like I, in the morning ritual, mm-hmm. at least 15 minutes is like sitting down and writing goals. So I have diaries stacked up from 2015 till 2022, the last seven years. But I have like initially, initially was very money driven. I will make X amount of money by X, Y, Z. I'll be happy and, and grateful for X, Y, Z amount of money yeah. by this age, by this date. Which in saying that, it's crazy that it actually happened at that same age, at that same amount of money. So while goals is powerful, was really powerful right now, moving forward to where I'm going, it is difficult, man. Like I think for me with how I structure my goals and everything else, yes, there is still an amount of monetary value to that as well. But the main thing is I continue to, to keep a, a level of, I guess, humility of what I'm doing. And in regards to the goals I'm setting, yes, as we said, impact is very, very broad but still making sure that whatever we're doing with our business is still aligning with the original vision. Mm. Yeah. I feel like as well, it changes for me at the start. It was very monetary, Mm. but now the biggest goal, man, is just to fucking wake up every day and be happy. Right. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. And I know, and this is something I've spoken about before as well. I think there's a difference between happiness and fulfillment. Uh Okay. Let's just say I woke up tomorrow and I want a hundred million dollars on lotto. Right. I never have to work another day in the rest of my life. Obviously. Now I could wake up, I could play sport, which I love. I can go to the beach. I can travel all over the world, party with my friends. If I wanted to, I could do that every day and sure I would be happy for an amount of time, but fulfillment, I would not be fulfilled. Now I feel like I'm always going to need to have that some big North star, that purpose to be able to keep me going, moving forward because money isn't always going to drive you whenever you're like, you know, 10 PM and you've got to fix these problems or your business is going to go down or you have that big project due for work. And if you don't, it's not going to be good for you to have a bigger purpose outside of just money. 
for me, it's always been the most powerful thing. So like connecting whatever I'm doing, my goals to a bigger purpose is, is one of the most powerful tools I've used, obviously along with visualization to make sure that I stay energized and motivated and inspired because I'm sure there's been days, man, that you don't feel like working 14 hour days, right? <laughs> Definitely not. Right? Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. No way. But I guess like you mentioned as well, mm. every morning setting time aside mm. to, to really plan out the day mm. and obviously to visualize and to meditate, but also to, to realistically don't forget about sitting five minutes, even five minutes. Yeah. What are you grateful for? Yeah. You've woken up today. You have a roof over your head. Please shut up about your problems. They're not that big. Like you'll be, you'll do fine. And it's, and it's, it's the easiest concept to understand logically, but it's the hardest thing to really live by. And mm. like, man, I, I talked to him after, after Kung Fu, I've got a good, good mate, Pete. And we've been, we've been, we started like a, the same night pretty much six years ago. And we've always talked about our goals and we went and go, and I started there before even Happy Skin Co didn't even exist as an idea. So he's been there and we've been talking after training about the process along the way. And I was just talking to him last week and I realized like, man, I've now achieved like um, so many things that I wanted to achieve back then, but still you're always looking for, okay, when this happens, I'll be happy. (laughs) When this happens, I'll be content. And of course I'm happy and and I live a really good life. But it's like, why do part of me always feel like I need to have X achieved? Mm. I need to be in this position. I need this amount of money in the bank to be able to feel secure. I need to be doing this every day. Yeah. Man, it's never going to end. You, there's always going to be something. 100%. So just trying to be more grateful and happier every day. And I feel like if I can just do that 1% more yeah. each day, not even each day, each week, if yeah. I can do that 1% more each week, then I'm going to become so much happier. And then it doesn't matter how much like money my business is Correct. generating or how much success I have with businesses or whatever I'm doing. So that's the goal for me. What I've realized over the next, like the next six months personally yeah. is just to connect with that more and realize how grateful I should be. And and like you said, like you were born in India, just to have a normal life in Australia, I'm sure yeah. is like a far majority of people over there would kill for that exactly. privilege, man. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's, it's easier said than done, but I think it's important if anyone's listening can even just 1%, 2%, 5% think like that. It's going to make you so much happier. Yeah. That's where I'm at, man. Um, but yeah, what's next for you? What's next for the agency? Where are you going in the next six to 12 months? What do you have planned? Doubling down, man. I think I got a text this morning at 5am from this client we've been trying to poach since <laughs> it would have been like last December. Yeah. And she messaged me this morning she's like a huge potential client. Yeah. She's like, I want to work with you. Like, we'll get this sorted this Friday. I'm like, yeah, yes, please. <laughs> so in regards to that, man, it's continuing to double down with mm. what we're doing. Willing Better Systems continuing to improve in regards to the process that we have. How can we continue to scale the the sales rep side and make sure that they're taken care of? Yeah. Because it's remote. I think one thing we've come to realize is because everyone's remote, mental health, physical health, like we're responsible for these people. Yeah. These are not just people clocking in, clocking out. So we invest heavily. We're even going on a an end of year like a holiday yeah. with the whole team to the states. Yeah. So everyone sick. from around the states is coming together. Plus we do you know like um like weekly sort of like um like fitness goals and and motivation goals and X Y Z. So realistically to take care of the people we actually have very heavily and obviously to continue to scale with that. Yeah. And how do you build that good culture and good practices when everyone's remote? Good question, man. I think right now we have a very strict 
level of, I guess, expectations from everyone. Mm. And it, it, it sort of seems a bit sort of um, over the top for some people, right? So therefore we only bring in people who actually fit the culture, which is like high performance and, yeah. and very much like that. But in saying that, how do we actually keep that? Is like the daily check-ins, the daily um, check-ins. So on our, on our morning meetings, which over there is like, I think 6 a.m., 7 a.m., I'm not sure that the, the time difference mm-hmm. here. You have a morning meeting and an evening meeting as well. So what's your plan for today? What are you grateful for? What have you done to achieve this week so far? And then at the end of the day, what have you done in X, Y, Z? And what's your plan? Fitness, mentally, and also business. Yeah. Each sales rep. It's funny, man, because I feel like coming from corporate, I felt like there was way too many meetings and the meetings there were a waste of time. Correct. But then going into e-com and, and building a small business, particularly when COVID happened and, and everyone was remote. Yeah. I think that if you have a small business, it's more like you're more likely to be under communicating than over communicating. So that was a big lesson for me just because me as a person, when I was a worker, I don't generally feel like I needed a lot of communication and I don't need a one hour meeting to talk about this. But the value that's going to give to your team to bring people together, to understand the vision, the purpose, the culture, the values of the team, that's an important step. Once you can build that, sure, you can look at efficiencies and shortening meetings and what can be an email or a touch base. But I've learned that communication is like one of the, obviously it's the most important thing to building a team, but over communicate first, if you feel like you feel like you are, because you're probably not. And just because you might feel like it's a lot of communication to other people, it's the perfect amount. And if they don't get it, they feel like they're not cared for. They get detached from the purpose and the values of the company And then things can really unravel. And, and like I said, I've had some really good decisions I've made with highs and done some really good things to cultivate really good results in, in, in with the team and staff at different times. And different times, man, I haven't. Yeah. And I've had to learn from that. And a lot of the time was the mistake I made was thinking early days, everyone thinks the way I think and, yeah. and, 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 and works in a team the way I wow. work in a team. That's heavy. That was nah, heavy. Yeah. Oh, man, that was a tough thing for me to learn. Yeah. Because – even how I started was very, very over the top, X amount of hours, do this, do yeah. that. But you're the business owner, but you can't expect your staff to no. do that same thing. Mm. So again, it comes down to culture, yeah, right? But you can't expect that. And so mm. therefore I tried to replicate myself amongst the team members. It wasn't real. Yeah, These people had families. They've got kids. They've got X, Y, Z going on. They have different goals. So how can your business, how can what you're doing right now be some form of, I guess, path to what they yeah. want to achieve? It's not necessarily that they have to fit your dream. Yeah. It has to go both ways. Both ways, exactly. It's not It's not just what they can do for you to build Correct. their dream. It's how you can give value to their life. Yeah. And there is value in that. They're coming to work for you and your organization because they see value in it. How can you maximize that for them? Because if you spend a bit of time to understand how you can yeah. do that and you, and you put steps in place and it doesn't have to be massive to make sure their life is progressing and you're giving them what they need, I'm telling you, they will stick around longer. They will work better and be more committed to you and your cause. Yeah. And then you're all happier. It won't work if one of them's getting prioritized over the other. They both need to work in alignment with each other. And when 100%. you can do that, that's when you unlock the power of a team. Mm-hmm. And again, it's all things I've had to learn on the fly, man. Like <laughs> you, you don't really realize this and yeah. you just, yeah, I was fine. I wake up, work from, you know, all day, you know, 8, 8 a.m. I'm working, go to bed yeah. at 12 o'clock and you just expect everyone else to have the same level but why would they when they don't have any, like the same level <clears throat> of skin in the game? You know exactly. what I mean? So 
that was a lesson for me, man. Um, it's funny. I, I know you can relate to a lot of these things. So for anyone that wants to find out more about you or, or ABC Sales Agency, where can people find you? Just Instagram right now, man. Yeah. Instagram. So it's my full name, Tremaine yep. Turner. Yeah. Underscore. It's my new one. Mm -hmm. Another one. I'm just keeping that private right now. Yeah. I haven't posted for like three years. Okay. I'm going to keep that one private, but the other one is just my full name, Tremaine Turner. Cool. Underscore. Awesome, bro. I mean, I, I appreciate you coming in first Thank time. You, bro. Having a good chat. I love it. Another Western Sydney kid that's, yeah, you know, finding their own path and doesn't need to be making a, a million dollars profit. It just means finding your own path, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. Don't get caught up with fucking chasing the profit or the money or the Lambos or the, you know, Rolexes yeah. and shit. Just do what makes you happy. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see you now really enjoying what you're doing, man. It's Thanks, a beautiful bro. thing to see the way you speak about that rather than doing e-com because, ah, oh, fuck, I made all this money dropshipping. I need stay, to be stuck to that. Stay off social media, I believe. Like, I, I think those three years where I was off social media completely was the best years of my life. Yeah, wow. People get sucked into that vortex. Mm. They cannot get out. And they're sold these dreams. What they think is their dream, it's not. It's not. It's not you. Why are you, why are you looking at this shit for? Yeah. Stop. And that's the thing, man. Just everyone needs to sit and be honest with themselves, themselves, not their parents, not society, not what they learn in school, in yeah. uni, not what all the cool kids and influencers on Instagram are oh, talking oh. about. <laughs> what is going to make you happy? Yeah. And just go for that over everything else. 100%. You know what I mean? Even like in relationships, you need to start with becoming happy in yourself as who you are as a person before you can add value and be happy in a relationship. Looking for a person to solve that isn't, isn't right. Just like looking for money to solve that isn't going to – Correct. Isn't going to fix that hole or fill that hole or that void for you. So, yeah, find out, figure out what it is for you that makes you happy and you could see yourself. What A good a good metric I look at is like, would you do it for free? Mm. If you would do it for free, there's there's a good chance you'd be successful doing it long term and then you'll make more money. Right. You know what I mean? I've got Ikigai. Have you heard of the concept of Ikigai? No. It's like a Japanese concept essentially for purpose and finding out what your life's purpose and your life's work can be. If anyone's struggling to, okay, I want to figure out how – I find out what it what it is for me, what's my purpose. Look up Ikigai. I highly recommend it. Um, and then just start trying different things, man. Yeah. Try as many things. Give it like a couple months and then don't feel like because you've invested a couple months into it, it's time burnt. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, it was part of your journey. Like you said, if you didn't go to uni and then change the business and then sell the clothing and yeah. then the drop shipping, then the course, you wouldn't have been who you are today to stand here as this man. So... It's all part of it, right? On that note, I must admit, man, you dropped a fucking bomb just then. In, re in regards to doing what you want to do, right? But if you can do it for free, that's the thing for mm. you, right? So in some of the sell jobs I had, there was no commission, right? There was no like super great commission structure. Yeah. There was no great sort of, I guess, you know, rewards for selling tons. But me personally, it was like my fucking mission to dominate mm. the sales KPIs on a daily basis. Like I had to compete with myself I had got no reward from it whatsoever. People are like, dude, why, why do you care for so much? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Like, just come and clock in, clock out. Yeah. Just sell what you need to sell and take the KPIs off. I'm like, get the hell out of my face, bro. Yeah. Like, I'm here to compete with myself. I'm not here to compete with you or you or you. And then I really, I came to realize now looking where I'm at right now, it's like, that was always the passion because I was doing it for free practically. Yeah. There was just no, for your personal enjoyment, fulfillment, right? It was, for what I love about sales is just sales itself. Yeah. Like the products I was selling in XYZ was actually genuinely helping people. Mm. What more do you want? Now we get paid for it. Exactly. It's a fucking bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a note to leave it on. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, bro. There we go. Pleasure, man. Thanks, bro. Pleasure, bro.
All right, there we go. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, could you please do me a quick favor and hit the follow or subscribe button? I honestly appreciate it more than you know. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.